Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story involving stealing somebody's passport. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, stepsister broke my violin, so I dipped her entire wardrobe in mud. Sisters can be so annoying, stepsisters are worse. I was already doing fine in my life as the single daughter of my mother until she had to remarry when I was 15. Imagine that, 15 years of my life, I lived it alone and happily until I had to share a room with Miss Lucy. Lucy and I did not mix well. We were like oil and water, but our parents thought it's cute somehow. They said we'd grow out of it, which we did, but at the time when all of this was going on, I couldn't even imagine going one whole year together. We both look back at this story and laugh, but it wasn't funny back then when she broke my violin just before my grand recital and I couldn't perform. I was so angry. I took all her clothes from the wardrobe and did a perfect job with bleaching it brown using mud as the bleaching agent. Lucy was supposed to get punished for breaking my instrument, but our parents were dumbstruck when they found out what I did. In the fall, my mother finally announced that she was getting married to her boss. I had never had a father in my life. My mom got pregnant out of wedlock and when the man left her immediately, she told him that she was pregnant. Since then, my mother had never seen him, nor had I, obviously. It would have been easier to find him if my mother even knew him that well. He was just the guy who frequently visited the restaurant she was a waitress in. One day, he asked her on a date and they'd hooked up and she had me. Fortunately for us, my mom was not poor. Not rich, but not poor either. She got another job where she worked for Fletcher as his secretary. Fletcher was very nice. He was handsome too, but what I did not know was that he had a spoiled brat for a daughter. So when I found out that he was single after a divorce, I prayed to God that my mother and Fletcher would get married. Fortunately for me, God heard my prayers and both of them started going out. Fletcher became even closer to me than ever. Then boom, they introduced me to his daughter and she was nothing to write home about. Lucy saw it as her father doing my poor mother a favor by getting married to her, but even I knew that during his messy divorce from his ex-wife, it was my mother that handled everything in the office and still made him look good in business even when he was mending a broken heart. The good thing though was that Lucy did not miss her mother too, just like Fletcher. All I knew about the woman was that they both shared equal disdain for her. Says so much about her character because if her only two other family members hated her that much, then there wasn't much good in her, needless to say. Anyway, my mother and Fletcher got married on a cold day in January. I moved into his house with my things the day after. We had packed all of our belongings to go live in a three-bedroom flat, but I still had to share a room with Lucy because Fletcher's housekeeper lived with them. It was the second house I'd lived in in my whole life. Since I was born, that was where I'd always called home, and my mother was the only person I called family. Now I was supposed to share a room with my sister. Fletcher was okay. I really wanted a father and he was cool, but Lucy was not. She still needed Agatha, the housekeeper, to get her ready for school. In my other house, I did everything, including making breakfast before my mom got up. Agatha liked me immediately and called me an active one. I would get up early, make my bed, get freshened up before school and still have extra time to join Agatha in the kitchen before I needed to head out for the bus. Lucy and I were not yet going to the same school. I loved my school and didn't want to change it. 
but my mother said that Lucy's was better and I would just be doing two more terms in my old school before I would need to move. In Lucy's school, they wore uniforms. They had too many rules regarding hairstyles and shoe colors. Even makeup was not allowed. Not that I did anyway. Fletcher took Lucy to school in the morning while I took the bus. It was a weird separation because both my mom and Lucy joined him in the car in the mornings, but my school was in the other direction. Plus, I'd already had such a good relationship with my buds in the school bus that I didn't want to be driven to school in Fletcher's car. Thank goodness my bus always came after they left, so I didn't have to answer any questions about why my new dad didn't take me to school too. I bet you can already tell that the relationship between Lucy and I was somewhat tense. I could understand that she didn't need to share anything in her life, ever. Now, all of a sudden, she had a sister who Agatha spent more time with. Even her father found a companion to watch baseball with, and he also tried to teach me how to drive. I'm not even sure if Lucy liked my mother that much when we first moved in. She became miserable, but not in the way you're thinking of it. She became a brat, really. She started ordering Agatha around and demanding things from her daddy. Fletcher always tried to be fair, so whatever he got for her, he also got for me too, which infuriated her the more. I believe Lucy started to become jealous of me. She not only had to share her father, but the things he did not have anyone to do with them. He now started seeing me as a partner. That was so obvious when he started teaching me how to drive. I was only 15, but I was talking about my age and I showed interest in it. Why? Because my mom never owned a car, and I always thought I'd need to learn how to drive from a friend and not at home. Once it dawned on me that we had a car and I could learn now just in case something happened to Fletcher in the future, I hopped on the opportunity to learn. Not that I was hoping anything would happen to my mother or Fletcher. Whenever we were out in the car, Lucy always had one thing or the other she needed her daddy for. Jealousy got the most of her. She wouldn't even join Agatha and my mom in the kitchen whenever I was with Fletcher. One day we actually fought and our parents got to hear of it. It was then that we got banned from saying your mother and your daddy. They wanted us to see each of them as both mom and dad and each of us kids. I never grew out of saying Fletcher though because when I first met him I called him Mr. a lot and then Fletcher said I could use his first name. We managed each other until I had something really big coming up. I'd always played the violin. It was soothing for me and this year I joined the school band because it was going to be my final year in the school. I wanted to participate in a school thing. It was my last chance, so I brought out my violin, cleaned it, and took it to school for practice. My mother was proud of me. She always told me how her father played many musical instruments for a living. Then I registered for the recital and announced it at the family dinner. Fletcher got excited, maybe too excited, because he said that maybe I could teach Lucy some music. And that was how Lucy got up from the table and left her dinner. The next day, she had a sleepover with her friends, which I was not allowed to go to. Anyway, I practiced all day and all night with my violin, trying to get a hang of it just like I used to be before. It became my custom to play some violin after school, just to practice whatever I learned in rehearsals. Agatha loved the music, but Lucy would spend the whole afternoon complaining about the noise. I told her if it was so noisy, she could leave the house and have another sleepover. She reminded me that it was first her house before it became my house. Then Agatha heard our squabble and gave us a good scolding. I guess that wasn't enough for Lucy. 
We found out that the date of my recital was actually not clashing with anything Lucy's school was doing in school. So both our mom and dad decided that it will be great for the whole family to attend, including Lucy. Of course, she threw a tantrum because she was being made to come. Lucy made it clear that she would rather stay an entire day without her phone than attend my stupid violin performance. Lucy acted like she hated music so much, but the truth is that I've heard her listening to many songs, even classical songs. The only issue was that it was me doing the show. She whined, complained, and sulked all day. Agatha told her that if she had something to present, the entire family would be there to support her too. I guess that was supposed to make Lucy feel better, but it did not. Lucy felt like Agatha was comparing her and pointing out that she was maybe talentless. Nevertheless, I continued practicing my violin ahead of my big day, even when Lucy complained about the noise. Fletcher moved me to a different place to practice, but Lucy still complained. Mom just got really annoyed at this point. Agatha ignored Lucy while she started acting up around the house. My practice was the next day. And maybe if Lucy had decided to be evil much earlier, our parents would have replaced my violin before the big day, but it was already safe in its case that evening. I'd already put it away and climbed to my bed. The next morning, I took the case without checking the violin and put it in the car to wait for Lucy to apply her last touch of makeup. She was intentionally trying to make us late, but I didn't care. Then alas, I took out my violin first thing after I got to school. All the strings were broken and so was my bow. There were marks along the neck suggesting that someone tried to break that part too but wasn't strong enough. I ran to my mom with tears and showed her what had happened. I looked around for Lucy and if not that Fletcher pulled her away from me, I would have given her a hard punch. Fletcher and mom scolded Lucy while she just rolled her eyes and said that it was because I was making so much noise at home. I left them there scolding her to find out if the school had an extra violin that I could play. Turns out they didn't. Every last one had a kid assigned to it and no matter how good I was, nobody was willing to step down to let me play. I was still crying when I went back to my family and told them I wanted to go home. I couldn't watch the performance without being on stage. My sorry parents took me home. Still upset about not getting a chance to play in my last school orchestra presentation, I ran up to my room and locked Lucy out. I wanted to hurt her so badly just like she did to me. As I was alone with her things in the room, I thought about tearing them all, snipping them down to the last bit, but I thought about my parents and how that would be so expensive for them to buy a new wardrobe, and also how Lucy would have new clothes. I had an even better idea. I threw all of her clothes out the window and I knew where they would land. After that, I jogged downstairs to finish the job well. No one saw me, so I was unhindered all the way downstairs. I grabbed my dad's car keys and found my way into the car. I rounded the house to where Lucy's clothes had fallen on the ground. There was a puddle that was almost dry but muddy outside. That was where I drove the car too. Lucy's clothes were directly on the puddle and I began to drive the car on her clothes, making sure every last one of them was soaked. My mother came running outside to check who was using the car. She hauled me out of the vehicle and then drove it to the front. I continued to use my hand to dip the clothes into the last bit of mud. My mom came over to me to see what I had done. When she saw the clothes in the mud, she was tongue-tied. I just said she deserved it and I went upstairs to my room again. Agatha and my mom took the clothes out and the ones that were not badly stained they left at home, while the terrible ones were sent to the dry cleaners to wash. Lucy got back with Fletcher. 
Apparently, he's warned her about doing any other nasty thing with me and she was supposed to apologize. But after she saw what I did to her pretty clothes, she started crying. She cried more bitterly, but all I could do was stare. Our parents had decided not to punish us further. We were both justified because the two of us had hurt each other, but I had the last laugh anyway, which made it far more satisfying. Unlike Lucy's, my pain only lasted a few days, but hers lasted for the whole holiday until our parents decided to buy us both new clothes. I'm not gonna lie, I still think OP got the short end of the stick here because it's probably a lot more expensive to get a violin repaired or replaced than it ever would be dry cleaning some clothes that got muddy. So honestly, I feel like Lucy should personally feel like they still... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com got the better end of the deal here. OP kind of saved them from having any other real punishment because they got their clothes muddy and they had to get them dry cleaned. Our next story is, my husband cheated on me, so I stole his side chick's passport. My husband Earl and I had been married for three years when I started noticing his closeness to another female in his office. He would get home and talk about her so much while comparing me to her subtly. It got so bad that he didn't hide it anymore that he was sleeping with a colleague. It messed with my mental health that I had to see a therapist where I learned to fight back by doing what I love, or he called it finding peace in something else. Something else that satisfies me. At first, I searched for what that would be. I tried going to get my nails done or a massage like he suggested, but all those were too mundane for me to find peace in. I tried reading, jogging, joining a women's club. All that did was remind me of the pain of Earl's cheating. No need to go over the details of how I worked myself into this new pleasure, but when I found out the secret to getting my back after one of those moments Earl came back to talk about his work colleague, I could never stop. It was by getting him back in one way or the other, by hiding something of his. When we had a fight about him always staying too long at work and not coming home early to at least prepare dinner, when he knew I had a long night shift, he started again with the Carolina doesn't nag, that's why she's better than you. Carolina this, Carolina that. The name irked every cell in my body. When this man was getting married to me, he told me that I was the most beautiful girl ever and he would never even notice anyone else with me by his side. I was foolish for believing. Well, I couldn't make a fool of myself now. We were classic people of society and highly looked up to, both as a model to younger people and as an envy to our age group. I also couldn't make a fool of my husband. It would ultimately backfire on me. So I had to do something more elusive while enjoying my short span of victory. The next day after we had the conversation about his coming home late, I wore my gym clothes and headed out for a morning jog. When I got back, Earl was frantically searching for something. He was fully suited up in his work clothes, looking as smart as ever. 
I asked him if I should make breakfast for him. He just looked over at me and then hissed. A couple of minutes after we gave up searching, he came to ask me for his car key. Stretching out his hand and demanding rudely, I honestly said that I didn't know where it was. I wasn't lying. I mean, I knew it was nowhere in the house because when I went on my jog, I handed it to a lady that does morning workouts with me. I didn't know where she had placed it. Maybe it was in her kitchen somewhere. Maybe she had dug a hole in the ground and buried it there. I genuinely did not know what had happened with the key, but I knew it was nowhere in the house, and all Earl's attempts wouldn't come to fruition. He grunted upstairs. He asked me where my car keys were, and I told him that I took my car out for servicing, so it wasn't available to be used either. I suggested he ordered a ride. I knew he would not like that idea, because staying much later out in the night meant the fee of these taxi drivers kept increasing. So the earliest you close from work, the earliest you better get into one of those rides and head back home. Then he could come back and get dinner prepared. Earl ended up taking a ride to work. I saw him to the door, carrying his briefcase just like any cute wife would do. I gave him a peck and saw him off to the door and then waved. The community would see us and call us lovely or blessed or any of those words they used to describe a functional family. But inside, we were scheming and very cunning. I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure Earl did one bit. He wanted all the power, but when he saw that I was fighting back, it unnerved him. He was always the one comparing, calling me names. And when I did something horrendous to him, he would act well for a while and then go back to his bad behaviors, and we would continue the cycle. When I got home that day from my shift, you would not believe that my dinner was made, the dishes were cleared and clean and the kitchen was spotless. I ate my meal alone and joined Earl in the room. He was on a work call when I got in. I just showered and went to bed without saying anything to him. This continued for a while until I decided to return his car keys. As long as he proved himself capable of returning home early, he could have his car and drive to work. You know where that landed me? Regretting. Only about two days did he continue the newfound habit. The next thing, he was back to spending hours past work time away from the house and leaving now for dinner. The first day, he ordered food for me to eat. The next day, he left some money. And the next day, he totally wasn't involved in getting me something to eat while he took that tramp Carolina to a fancy dinner. I schemed and re-strategized. At this point, Earl already wasn't touching me, so I knew that whatever I had to do now, I had to do it wisely unless I would lose my marriage. He said that he wasn't coming home that day. I asked if it was another business trip, but he said nothing. I knew it was Carolina. She was distorting my marriage and taking my man. If anyone in the community found out, I would be doomed. I had to separate the two of them, and I knew how. I took his wallet and checkbooks. I knew that Earl could always pay using his phone, but that wasn't my concern. He could pay for him and Carolina's stay in the hotel. He could pay for their expensive dinner that night. But what I was after was far more than that. In the afternoon, I went to a spa and did a full body massage. Paying with his card, of course. I went out and bought nice clothes and shoes. The local boutique woman smiled at me when they saw that it was Earl's card I used to pay. I gladly played along. When I was in the second boutique, I got a call from Earl saying I should stop using his money. I told him that if he had the money to spend on another woman, definitely he had more to spend on his wife. After all, his property was my property. He came home too early that day, even before my evening shift, and demanded for his wallet back. He searched the entire house and it wasn't there. 
I told him that if I got home that day and he wasn't there, I would never hand the wallet back to him. Luckily enough, he listened. My husband wasn't stubborn. I gave him back his wallet, ate my dinner, and laughed myself to sleep. Things continued smoothly until one time when he said he was going for a business trip. It was genuine, but I knew that Carolina was going to be there too, and if I left both of them alone, I could lose Earl forever. So the planning began. I got him some new suits for his trip because he trusted my fashion sense, and he paid. That afternoon, I drove to his office, announced. He knew I was coming. He wanted me to stay back at home and he could see the suit when he came home, but I insisted. You would have thought I was planning to busy him by walking in on him with his assistant on his lap or something, but that was far from it. I knew where Earl kept his passport. He removed it from the house drawer and put it in a safe place in his office. I used to visit him in his office when I found out. When I stopped by his office, I got flowers for him. His co-workers cooed as I strutted in. I saw the look on Carolina's face when she saw me. I greeted her with a very forced smile, enough for her to know that I knew what was going on between her and my husband. Then she ushered me into his office. Earl stood up to greet me and then we hugged. I gave him the flowers and he wanted Carolina to take it, but I insisted that he should not give the tramp that I knew he was sleeping with the flowers that I brought for him. Once he was out of the office, I went over to his drawer and opened it because I knew where he kept his keys. Luckily for me, I saw two passports in the drawer, his and Carolina's. I smiled at the thought of her thinking her passport was safer with him other than anywhere else. Too bad it wasn't. I wasn't exactly after Carolina. I was there to steal my husband's passport. But on second thought, him not being able to travel would probably mean something bad for him and his business. I was enjoying all the money I got from him, so I decided to spare him and take Carolina's passport instead. Before Earl came into the room again, I quickly grabbed him too and locked the drawer. I was seated where he left me, checking my phone when Earl got back. He didn't suspect a thing. So we had a little chat and I got into my car to leave again. It was the next day, close to his end of his stay in his office, that he called me for his passport and I feigned oblivion. He rushed home but I was already out. When I got back, he had searched the entire house. It was so obvious that he was frantically looking for his passport. Maybe you should tell your office people that your wife took it because you're having an affair with your secretary. He knew he couldn't do that. The office frowned upon staff relationships and even more with a married man, he would be heavily sanctioned or even replaced. Earl, too, was very conscious of how people perceived him. He couldn't let anyone else know that he was having an affair with an outsider. He would rather die than let anything look wrong in his family, so we kept the secret well between ourselves. Carolina was deceiving herself, because if Earl ever turned his back on her, or she decided she wanted to go public, Earl will blatantly deny her and his wife will have his backing. We would come up with a lie that she threw herself on him and he always told me. We could do that to save our image. Earl begged me that if he did not go on that business trip, a lot of things would be terribly wrong with his business. But I assured him that he would go. That afternoon, I drove to his office again, all smiles, ready to break the news to him that I found his passport in the drawer he never looked in. I made it obvious to everyone that Earl had finally found his passport. Carolina was surprised. I could see that she wanted to ask me if I saw another passport in that drawer, but of course, she couldn't. 
What would my husband be doing with your passport, I would have asked. She would have gotten into trouble. So when the news finally went out, it wasn't that Earl and Carolina couldn't find their passports. It was that Carolina's alone was missing. Earl had to fly with another staff from the office, and while he was in his office, I dropped by at Carolina's table. Earl and I had a conversation before he left that if he got back and Carolina was still in that office, then I would tell everyone the truth. So he wrote a letter to her, and I was only delivering it that day. I stayed till she had read it all, and then smiled and collected the paper back. I had her know that it was written and signed by Earl, and there were threats in it. I was also ready to fully back my husband up in this one, so if she knew what was good for her, she was going to quit that job and leave that place, and never speak to Earl again. So, apart from stealing her chance to travel with Earl, I also got them to never see each other again. I helped Carolina find another job in another city and paid her rent for a year until she found her footing, just because I felt sorry for the poor thing. As for my husband, he lived to fight another day. When he got back, I had him know that Carolina had received his message, and she is very fine without him. I enjoyed all my back and forth with Earl, and I enjoy how I always get my revenge on him. Two things. First of all, did Carolina get her passport back? And secondly, despite the fact that OP doesn't want to get disgraced or look bad, is this marriage worth it? I'm just really struggling to understand why OP wants to save this marriage so badly. Like, is their husband just a huge moneymaker and they like the image they have and that's worth putting up with this fake marriage? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you